When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steve Asma. Hello, Governor. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the Chinwag. It is a, a Chinwag podcast. Welcome to the Chinwag podcast. It's a British, uh, it's a British phrase, isn't it, Chinwag? Yes, it is. At least that's my understanding is that the Brits use it uh, historically. And I think I know some contemporary Brits who still say Chinwag. Really? But it needs to be better known. It means a conversation, a chat. Yeah, the it does. Well, it's funny. I've always, I've always <laughs> kind of known exactly. I've always kind of known of it, but I never knew it was like a particularly British thing. I thought it was just you know, but uh, I'm gonna you know next when next I'm with my chimney sweep pals. <laughs> We're it all does gonna, sound like that. It's very Victorian sounding. Yeah, it is. It's fun. it's a good phrase. But anyway, welcome to the Chinwag. As 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 indicated previously, I am Paul Giamatti, and, and I am uh, Stephen Asma, the uh, co-host of the Fine Chinwag. And we uh, encourage you guys, as usual, to please uh, head on down to Apple uh, and uh, rate us. Give us a good rating if you enjoy the show. Yep. And also, we're on YouTube and yep. Instagram. All Where over the place, we? yeah, and and send questions, comments, yeah, conundrums, whatever you want. Just just all of all of that. Uh, let's put all that aside. All of the uh, uh, all of the uh, business and uh, shopkeeping, or whatever we call it, house cleaning, because uh, we have a great guest today, right? Yes, the one of the very best, one of the great actors of our generation, one of the great uh, actors of our generation. Absolutely. He is a Golden Globe, Grammy, and Tony Award-winning actor. He's a musician. He's a golfer. He's apparently a great poker player. He's a fantastic human being. He's been in all yes. kinds of projects. Let me see. He was great. He got an Academy Award nomination for um, Hotel Rwanda, which he's great in. Oh, an amazing uh, film. Amazing. He's terrific in everything. In Boogie Nights, Ocean's Eleven, Crash. Uh, he's been on Black Monday, that series. He was House of Lies. He's the narrator of the uh, the rebooted Wonder Years, which uh, which I hadn't realized until recently that that yeah. was even a thing. But it's back, and he's narrating it. I love him. One of my favorite things that he's in is Devil in a Blue Dress, which is oh, I think great. one of his first. Films. Is that Walter Mosley's story? Yeah, and, and yeah. with Denzel Washington, and yeah. he's fantastic in that movie. Uh, and, of course, if you're a Marvel fan, you know that he will be reprising his role of Colonel James Rhodes' War Machine That's on right. the new spy series Secret Invasion, which is streaming now on Disney+. Plus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
So here he is, Mr. Don Cheadle. Let's commence chin wagging, Don. Don't tell us what to do. Thank you. Hello. Hi, hi, Don Cheadle. That's it. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Stop directing me. Yeah. Yeah. That's my stock answer for everything. Don't, 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 tell, me do. don't tell me what to do. I do it. I get enough of it. I put up with it all day long. I don't need to be told where to stand. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I have right. telling me what to do. It doesn't stop, does it? And then you go to work and it's like, look over here, move your head that way. Can you pick the, yeah. Can you pick the gun up again and put it down? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Actor, actor, right there. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? And it can, does it get, I mean, it gets to me. It's gotten to me as I've gotten older. Does it get to you? Really? You don't strike me as the type that it would get oh, to. Really? Oh, really? Oh, he's John. Surly. He's John Schittle, we haven't, we haven't worked together. No, I'm a, I'm a pretty even-tempered guy. I am, which is why I think it's surprising that eventually I think I'm just getting old, uh, frankly, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think that's a good thing to check when you start hearing the the phrases that you're using and the conversations that you're having sound like when you were whatever age going like, what's that dude's problem? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's a very, it's very, very, yeah. yeah. Well, what a, thanks for doing this. Thanks for yeah, doing our strange, you. our weird podcast. And I actually want to just ask you about something. And it's re, it's, it's, I'm just curious. And, and I understand that you did, did some mime work at one time. At one time. Ah, uh, mime. No, and I'm I want to know about this though. And when was, you were younger, right? Yes, this was in high school. Uh, I had a great um, acting teacher, theater teacher um, named Kathy Davis. Mm-hmm. She was someone who introduced us to Uta Hagen and Stanislavski and Meisner and all of the, you know, the, in the, high school. In, that's what I'm saying. I'm amazing. And you don't know until you get to college or until you're professional how rare yeah. Yeah. and how, you know, invaluable that turned out to be, how much we were getting ahead of the curve. That's so amazing. one of the things she also, you know, we did was we did mime and we, we wrote our own shows. So as a junior and as a senior, we, we wrote in this drama class, we wrote mime shows and performed mime. But ah. the poems were very, it wasn't like, I'm walking against water, against the wind. <laughs> I'm carrying a thing. It was like, one of the things that we did was entitled Take It Back. And we did the frame by frame Zapruder film. What? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Backwards. Like, take it back. First did it forward and then take it back. So it was political. Holy shit. That's amazing. <laughs> so that was the kind of stuff we were doing. And something that would be ridiculous, but it would be mixed. <laughs> So, but what, so, but take it back was an exercise that was like you you did any number of things and then you sort of did it backwards. Or it was specifically the Zapruder film. film. <laughs> specifically the Zapruder film. It was looking at people in the in the you know that were on the lawn, looking at people that were uh, along the the street um, on the motorcade. And oh wow! You know, certain people were Kennedy and Mrs. Kennedy and the Secret Service, and other people were watching. And we did the mime forward, then we did it backwards, and then we would just shoot call numbers, and we would be in these different mudras of what these numbers were. And I was like, "Oh wow, this is that's really, really cool. That's amazing." I was but wondering I what the limits I, are. Like, I, I, but I have a question. Just before, just oh, yeah, one yeah, question: yeah. Was somebody 
Oswald and the guy in the grassy knoll? Like, what did you do about like who was shooting? There's no guy him? in the grassy was there knoll. Was it? How did you deal with that, or did you not deal with that? Listen, we all know obviously that there were like seven people who was <laughs> yes. Seven, I mean, there were at least three there, and then yes. there were at least four others behind the scenes. Yes. No, I don't. I don't recall if we did it. I think that. I know that she kind of kept it from us as far as the, you know, the, the specifics of it, but she always was putting her, she was always towing the line and almost getting in trouble with the faculty. Brilliant. Getting in trouble with the principal. Like, what are you doing exactly? Radical. (laughs) We, she kind of shielded us from it, but she was getting pushback on stuff for that very reason. It's like, why, you know, this is, we know who killed Kennedy. And she's like, do we? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great class, yeah. man. But I, I wanted to ask, like, are there, um, like, one, did you continue to, to do mime? And secondly, mm. like, are there limits to what you can communicate? Because I think that human beings, before they had speech, they must have used mimicry to communicate to each other. So, like, do you just, you know, like, is there just some shit you can't convey or you think you can do a mm. lot with mime? Mm. Well, I think it's one of the things that we all know as as performers that how how limiting language is and how you know communication is is much more about intonation and gestures and yeah. like you're saying, you know attitude and facial expressions. It's not just language. So, like you know, I, I think how when people are you know devoid of one sense, how the other ones sharpen. Mm-hmm. A similar thing where you're forced to get more specific, you're uh-huh. more communicative because cool. you de- you're deprived of all the other things. Yeah, so you really have to get specific and clear about what it is. And she would grind on that. You know, she'd uh-huh. be like, she's quick to call bullshit and be like, "What? Is- I don't know." <laughs> you're yeah, like finger spelling stuff. I, no, <laughs> no, but it's interesting. It's like that. Those, those. I'm interested in it because I don't know that people do it so much now. I know that. When I hear about training programs or even high school stuff, they talk about doing clown work, which in some ways seems like it's an outgrowth of it or it's a different form of it. It's also, I think, nonverbal for the most part. And it's like and it always sounded really interesting to me. Uh, that that kind of stuff sounds like it's a it's an exploration of a whole other side of yourself and and a subconscious thing. Um, good for for you know teenagers and we're like developing and trying to understand and find out who they were and all that stuff to take away one aspect of your you know communication and try to figure out how to how do you communicate without that that was kind of like, like oh it's wide open because we yeah. thought about the way everybody initially thinks about mime is you know yeah um you know trapped in a box but right. yeah yeah like, no 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 we're trying to really talk about something heavy and or deep yeah. and we also did a thing of one of the things was to uh thus brock zarathustra's you know the uh-huh. it, the 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 growth the, the 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 dawning of the atom bomb like oh shit <laughs> starting with cavemen moving through fantastic you know, all the way to pushing the button and boom and the state. amazing <laughs> yeah she was doing that kind of stuff with that's stuff. so great do you it's interesting but do, have you ever felt like it carried over in any way now i mean do you do stage stuff anymore particularly ever yeah i'm about to uh uh if it comes together i'm going to do a play this fall awesome and yeah. 
Because I know one of the things that's always bothered me about film is that it's like my my whole body, I get, I, feel, I always feel kind of disconnected from my body. Mm. And it's like, and it was one of the early things that I was like, wait a minute, like I can't, I'm doing shit with my feet. That's really interesting right now. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you can't see all the interesting shit I'm doing with my hands. And it's like, and I could never, I still have a hard time adjusting to it that your body just kind of goes out the window in a way that makes me interested at least to sometimes look into doing some of this stuff now, like the clown shit I would love to do now, because it's like you get so alienated from your body being a film mm -hmm. actor. Yeah, yeah. I'm at a, uh, I teach at an art school in Chicago and they at, at an arts college in Chicago and they have a forged an alliance with Second City. So they actually have a comedy like uh, program, which is amazing to me. In college, you can study comedy and they go to Second City and they learn to improvise. And actually, those are the smartest kids I get are the are the comedy people and the people improvisers. It's really interesting. And you think the improvising thing opens kind of neural pathways and shit I, like that? I, or like I it opens the body evidence. and the brain up? I think there's evidence that it, that it does because you have to tolerate like you have to f tolerate failure, right? If you improvise, you have to fuck it up. <laughs> That's true. And then get back on your feet, and that teaches you something right there. I think. Well, I think they have, like you said, I think it is you know peer-reviewed science. At least I, I believe it is that the one of the few ways to combat like you know dementia and 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 aging too is dealing with fresh things that are frustrating. Yeah. Uh huh. You create new neural pathways. You do create these different, you know, your synapses are firing in different ways. And the frustration is necessary. And that kind of, and that, that frustration is like a necessary component of pushing back against aging. Totally. I, then I should be a fucking genius at this point <laughs> because I'm just fucking frustrated all the time. <laughs> You're never going to die. <laughs> what a great thing what a beautiful thing to think that i'm gonna live i'm adding years to my life by being pissed That's off right. about everything all the time do you like to improvise do you are you do you do you do oh yeah and you're yeah. a musician too yeah and they kind of go hand in hand yeah. and it's something that we did a lot on you know um um house of lies we improvised a lot we improvised a lot on Black Monday, you know. Mm -hmm. Miles ahead, right? Yeah, yeah. Didn't improvise a lot on that because no. I like be locked into no, okay. it. Okay, but but there's always, but some yeah. But there's always that was very regimented because I was trying to do very specific things with the math of what the story was. Uh, with mm -hmm. the composition, you know, it was a clear. The directive was the composition that he was following it's like i can, i want to just break that down one day and really get really specific because it's very thoughtful i don't know that it necessarily translates but whatever. It, it does it's a great it's film about how i how we map that out stephen bagelman who i wrote it with how we map that out was very intentional every beat every transition really was about something well specific. you were directing it too so it's like you 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 had to be two brains seriously two brains at once so it's like I don't imagine you could so just start fucking around. You'd start fucking the thing up on. You'd be the guy fucking it up. <laughs> and who would I yell at? <laughs> You're fucking it up. <laughs> no, stop it! You're fired. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I love I love improv, and it's something that you know comes. It, it kind of does come out of that, you know. And it, it's it's because you have to listen, right? You have to respond. You have mm -hmm. to the best exercise for actors to do. Because you you have to be in the moment. You can't, you know, 
be ahead of what's going to happen if you're yeah. doing it. And it's the same kind of thing when you're playing with musicians. You have to listen. But that's the thing. I would think that it, it requires, to some extent, a feeling of, like, a comfort and – not comfort exactly, but, you know, knowing who you're with and what the piece is and – what the sort of, it, it's, you know what I mean? Because I feel like I've been thrown into the middle of a lot of things where it's like, just improvise. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, what like, the fuck? I don't even know. What the fuck? And yeah. I feel like it's a little bit because it's like, this is badly written. Just improvise. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, fix this. Just improvise. You know, and I'm, and I'm a little bit like, eh, I don't know about yeah. this. Well, I've been very fortunate that the people that, I'm, that A, the container was clear. You know what I mean? We knew yes. what the animal was. We uh, knew what our goals were. We're... You know, they, we weren't just improvisers. Everyone is also a good actor. So we knew that we're, we're storytellers. So we know where we're trying to get to. Mm -hmm. I, I, also, I often think, because I, I don't know what you think about like those Cassavetes movies. Steve, have you ever seen any of the I've seen some of them, movies? yeah. They're kind of improvisational, yeah. aren't they? Very much so, right? I mean, I think that there was, I think he had a definite idea. He worked with people that were all in the same realm. He was yes. working with guys he knew. He had, he had a lot of control over chaos, yeah. You know, and it's like, but I think a lot of people think that's easy to do. I think a lot of people go like, oh, I can do that. All we do yeah, is you all just get fucked easy. up with our buddies and like do this crazy thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy to do it in a way that gets you to the goal. You have to listen. You have to be yeah. present. You have to, you have to yes and toward the goal. You can't yeah. just. It's a, I, lot I more, to, it's a lot more responsibility than people, I think, think it yeah. is. I used to play, uh, in the 90s, I used to play with Bo Diddley and Buddy Guy. And they, <laughs> those guys were like, right? you, you, knew the, you, know, you knew the progression, it's a blues progression, but they would fuck with you. Like, they would like, try to make you uncomfortable sometimes. You'd chop heads and it's like, oh, okay. But that's the fun too. Like, you have to have the balance of like, I know that this is where it's going, but we can have some chaos too, I guess. Absolutely. And I think that's the, that's, what makes it interesting is that tension, right? You want yeah. you that tension. You want that, oh shit, is it going to fall apart? Right. Oh, and yeah. Together, yeah. You know? And I think that's when anything that we would look at, all the, the, the probably the projects that we admire and movies that we love, the TV mm. show, pieces of music that we love, there's within it some element of, I don't know what's going to happen. And danger. Yeah, chaos, danger. Yeah. And then, you have the pleasant surprise, you know, not the like, what the, you're not leaning like this, you're leaning forward. Friends, now a message from our sponsor. Have you ever wondered why we call French fries French fries or why something is the greatest thing since sliced bread? There are answers to those questions. Everything Everywhere Daily is a podcast for curious people who want to learn more about the world around them. Every day, you'll learn something new about things you never knew you didn't know. Subjects include history, science, geography, mathematics, and culture. If you're a curious person and want to learn more about the world you live in, just subscribe to Everything Everywhere Daily, wherever you cast your pod. And now, more Chinwag. Do you guys ever work with actors that, and you feel like they, they are too rigid about what they, you know what I mean? Like, uh... They're like, you've changed it on me and then they can't adapt. It's like, it's like, you know, we're talking sometimes about, a, you know, a craftsman, right? Versus like a performance artist. We uh. see somebody can come in a room and just be a tornado and be great too, you know? And there are other people who have decided, you know, they know what's going to happen every beat of the way and they can adjust and modify it. And sometimes they're amazing at like um, Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis... Um, this is what's happening moment. 
Can he improv? Of course. Does he? For sure. But he has that shit mapped out. That's and so interesting, really. Is that I, I so he well, he's got it mapped out because he's inhabited it so completely for so long. It's how he feels safe, actually, in some way. It's a it's I need to completely inhabit the thing so I can feel safe. And also I will completely inhabit it all the time because who the fuck knows what's gonna happen while I'm wandering around on set and they're bringing sandwiches around that something might not happen that makes me discover something. So that's why he's in it all the time. It's not some oovy groovy thing. It's actually very practical in a weird way. Super practical and it's super faithful to the craft, right? You know, it's like Philip Seymour Hoffman was the same way. It's like, you have to listen to what Philip says because he's thought about this a lot more than you have. Mm -hmm. Somebody told me doing that Lincoln movie, one of the actors who worked on that that I know said, stepping into the room with him was like a time machine. Wow. You just being around him suddenly made it all happen. You were like, I'm I'm in this now because he's pulled me into this real world. And yeah. it, he said it actually put you in it. Go watch his introduction in Gangs of New York. And it like it starts on his feet. And he taps the snow and like moves the snow around your feet. You're like, I know who this guy is. It was just such a, it was just such a, for me anyway, it was just such yeah, a- Yeah, no, totally, yeah. totally. Which brings it back to why the fuck won't people film my feet? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> you can just do a foot channel. I mean, you can- yeah, Just Paul Giamatti's feet, 24-7. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I've, I've, I, I'm a little strapped for cash these days. Listen, <laughs> I, I had a moment of thinking, do you think- do you think there's, I'm on any foot fetish sites? Do you think anybody has got like Paul Giamatti's feet? Listen. Is that, do you think it's a thing? I think the OnlyFans for your feet is something that. <laughs> there's got to be somebody out there who wants photos of my feet, who would actually be willing to pay I'm a lot sure of I'm sure it exists, man. Hey, I got a quick uh, Rwanda story for you. Um, I went to, <laughs> there's, a total, there's a total jump. Uh, I, I was in Rwanda and I went to see the, the mountain gorillas. This was maybe yeah. like 10 years ago. Well, speaking of, and, yeah, okay. And I'm in, the, I'm in the car with the driver and he, he takes you to this sort of base point and that's when you got to start hiking. And he found out I was an American and he goes, Don Cheadle. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. So I wanted to tell you that. You may have met one of the gorillas that I named. I did a name. Did you really? ceremony about 10 years ago and i yeah there may be one up there that it may be i don't know if it's even alive i didn't track it and see if it's still how it's oh, doing wow. so there's a you it was a newborn it was a fairly young one yeah so amazing and you yeah. got to pick a name for the gorilla you did i wanted to eat it but they wouldn't let me do it <laughs> wow you know I, that would have been i know and that i think that's that ruined your reputation <laughs> i think that's <laughs> on this, right? No, 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 oh, we don't, actually. Yeah, that's in. No, that's staying in. And listen, then you would have been you able to yourself. ID, then you would have been able to ID the gorilla that it was. All right, now oh, this oh. is bad. No, okay, okay. I'm going to cut that part and then we'll, but I, I'm actually, I, I, it's something I've wanted to do because I'm super fascinated by the gorillas. Both you guys have done this. Yeah, no, 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 I didn't actually get to do the trekking. I didn't, I literally... <clears throat> I was in the air longer than I was on the ground. <laughs> they asked me to come do it. I came and did it and got back on a plane and left. I wanted wow. to, but I wasn't able to do it. And I don't know. I mean, it's, I guess they're still doing it, but I don't know how much longer they're still going to be doing it. It's scary. Have you gone on a safari? No, I have not. I've, oh. I've not been on the continent of Africa. You um, have 
I know. And, and I, I really, I really want to, and I've, I've long wanted to certainly the gorilla thing is something I wanted to do. I haven't been, is a safari is it's worth it. A safari is definitely worth it. I'm sure Steven would yeah. say gorilla trekking is of, of course worth it. Cause you're right. I mean, you're right there with things that you make eye contact with and you're like, Oh, I immediately know where I fit. Oh, totally. They mm-hmm. said to, they said to me, like they said, look, if, if a gorilla grabs you, because you're literally like two feet away yeah. from them. They said, if a gorilla grabs you, you're going to want to stiffen up your body like naturally. They said, try to relax like a noodle and let him throw you around a little bit and then it'll end okay. Like he won't lose a limb. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> by the way, work- by the way, that's what they said when I worked with Russell Crowe. <laughs> Boom, boom, boom. So <laughs> don't, don't tense up if he grabs you. <laughs> and remind him that you're a person. Keep saying your name. You know, it's like, oh, it's a person. Okay, I'll let you go. <laughs> just, just go limp. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> but, no, but uh, it's, it's super, fa- I'm super fascinated by, yeah, by by gorillas, I I you say that, and it, I I've worked with uh, primates in movies. I oh, worked wow. with an orangutan, and I worked with some chimps. And a thing you can't every time you see a gorilla in a film, it's now it's CGI'd, but before it it had to be a guy in a costume. And there's a whole subgroup of um, stuntmen, yeah, who wow. are like who are like primate actors. It's amazing, yeah. Um, and but I do remember that they had they brought up it was a pretty it was like a young chimp I mean it was like it wasn't an infant but it was and it got past sort of like two or three years old they can't use them anymore because right. they could kill you okay. and I remember everybody Fuck. being like oh so cute he's so cute <laughs> and he got up in my face and he was looking at me and his eyes I exactly what you just said I just was like it was just like going down into this motherfucker's <laughs> eyes and I was like he is millions of years old and he is and he could fucking kill me and i was terrified of him i was like he is not cute yeah no when we did um hamburger hill and we we shot it in the philippines and we did this you know jungle survival training for a a couple of days to get into character and understand it and when the guides had us out in the jungle they're like yeah so the monkeys that are around here is like don't throw rocks at the monkeys a they they'll throw them back at you and they won't they will they're very very accurate and also if you antagonize them they'll like hunt you he's like they'll it's like you'll be walking by a tree and one will reach out and like just snatch your calf muscle out whoa leave the monkeys alone i was like you got (laughs) oh my god holy shit i worked with i worked on a movie with a baboon there was a baboon in this movie and they trained this baboon. At one point in the thing, the baboon is supposed to load a pistol and point it at me. And I was like, you taught that fucking monkey how to load a gun. I was like, I was just like, if he sees one lying around, he's just, it's going to be his automatic. Like, what are you going to do? You can't erase that out of his head. It was, yeah, they're like dogs, those things. They're just going to see the gun. You see, I mean, we that's something else that we saw in Safari, which is, you know, you have to go see this. We saw these baboon, baboons fighting, you know, and with, you know, like incisors. Yeah, that, really big teeth. Oh, my God. I was with the kids and we we were at this camp uh, in, in South Africa that's just open. You know what I mean? Like you sign the waiver that if something eats you, that's on you. You know, like, 
they're like, you're going to be fine. And I go, and I was, we were hanging out having coffee or something. And the kids came over and they were like, there's a big monkey over there, dad. I was like, where? They're like, right over there. So I'm like, okay. I get up and I go walk around the corner and <laughs> a baboon and I like walked like oh start my God. into each other. And it went <sighs> and like <laughs> and took off the other direction. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> of me because it was as big as me this thing was like 150 160 pounds yeah yeah and they're violent they're violent they're very violent super violent i this baboon actually was scared of me for a while and it was a really tricky thing because they they brought the baboon in and i had to like yell in a scene because that's what everybody saw like can you yell in this scene so i was like so i was like yelling and the baboon got really scared of me so it was a whole thing of trying to get the baboon comfortable with me again and it was very difficult actually because after that he was really skittish about me every time he'd see me he got really like mm, it's yeah. that guy again that, that, yeah. that, that can't make you feel good paul that you scared it didn't him. it <laughs> you didn't scare baboons and thing, no i scared the baboon and 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 it, i have that effect on a lot of my fellow actors and so it's it's um, it's troubling. I need to. I need some. I need some personal lessons. I, here, here's a whole other another switcheroo, and I'm just interested. I was reading something you were talking about, and I know. And, and Steve, you've asked me this, and I was, how much does it affect you if you play like some some motherfucker, oh, hateful yeah. motherfucker? Does it like how much it affects you does and it how much bleed it does? Into your I mean, I know it life. does mine, and I'm assuming it does yours, and I think it does everybody who does what we do. I think that's just like that's just the the nature of. You know, your body doesn't know you're pretending. If you're right. fighting and throwing something and screaming and yelling, it's like you may not logically feel that way, but your heart rate's going up, your nervous system is doing what it's doing. So you're, there's a residual effect to it. And I used to poo-poo it. You know, I used to be like, no. Like I was getting some salad at, you know, tender greens. And one guy was saying, oh, you're an actor. And he's going, I could, I would never do that. Cause I think I could get totally lost in the character and I'm scared I wouldn't come out of it. And I was like, yeah, don't act. Cause yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> you well, get your salad. I love Why are you getting your salad and tender greens? Yeah, fine, whatever, dude. <laughs> and then I started thinking about it and I was like, it's not completely true. Yeah. I do know that I have had, I do know that I have found, especially like a tempo rhythm or a, a, a mannerism or something you've imbued a character with. I know that it was very hard to get out of like sort of Marty Khan, his sort of, you know, the tempo and all the, the, the way he talked mm -hmm. and the, you know, because I really created, I was very physical about how I went about mm -hmm. And for five years, for eight months a year, I'm like, you know, like approaching my life like yeah. a boxer. And you know, yeah. it's like, you get home and my wife says something, and I got to say something, flip back. And she's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> sometimes you don't want to let go of some of those characters, too. Use it. I play characters. No, I play guys where I'm like, I don't want to let go of this guy. This is kind of hilarious. Like, I love going through the world like this guy. It's like, you're really like, this is fucking hilarious. And I feel more like, wow, nobody ever really gets the fuck out of my way. And I'm like, it's really funny. Sometimes I'm like, hey, I like this. I don't want to stop doing this guy. Mass, it's like mask work, which is something else that we were, you know, very fortunate to do in college and fortunate to do in high school a little bit. That you, when you really do it, you know, you really do something about moving your face. Like I know somebody who was had some, an eye injury and they had to wear a patch. 
and while they were healing. And they said it gave them sort of like, for some reason, it was like this superpower that gave them the right to just be honest. And say everything. <laughs> That's awesome. He's a fucking pirate, man. Just let him go. And he's a pirate. Yeah, that's injured. And so we have to give him some. some oh, I see. And he goes, I kept it on for months after. <laughs> totally. Totally. I did it. I did a thing, and this is good. This is going to raise something I want to talk to you about. I did a, I did a thing in a Marvel movie where I was completely mm. tat covered in tattoos in these Russian prison tattoos, and they, and my head was shaved, and they don't come off. They were on for months, and my head was <laughs> shaved, and it was. I mean, this is a little different when we're talking, but. People fucking badass? cleared the fuck out of my way. <laughs> it was like nobody recognized me either, which uh -huh. was interesting. All of a sudden, because this, these things were trumping who I was. Yeah, yeah. So I suddenly wasn't getting recognized in airports. Everybody was clearing the fuck out of my way. <laughs> and it was like, because my hands are covering these crazy fucking things. And it was really fantastic. I was like, I don't ever want to stop doing this. I am fucking powerful as fuck. It was really amazing. And now, for your delectation, a few commercials. And now, more Chinwag. But it does raise the the, the Marvel thing. Well, yeah, I got a question about Marvel. And then, yeah, I don't want to, we appreciate you doing this. So I don't yeah. want to eat up a lot of your time. But, you know, you're part of that Marvel uh, universe. And pa Paul and I have talked about this before. Like, we, we think... Um, you know, that like stories like Star Wars, these franchise, you know, scenarios, they have much more power than we think they do because they're sort of like the new mythology. Like people don't really read books like they used to, I think. People aren't re even religious in the way they used to be, you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. But mm -hmm. people know these narratives and these characters and stuff, and they really attach a lot of importance to it. I'm just wondering, do you ever... Do you think that's true or do you think about it? Is it an even issue or is it just like, this is a cool movie, I'm just going to do this? Like, what's your take on this? Well, you know, when you go to Comic-Con and you meet people that you're like, oh, this is like for real, for real, for you. you know, they like believe that you are a war machine, but it matters to them in a way that, you know, you can be sort of flip about it, but it's not, they're not flip about it. You yeah. know, the comics tap into something really deep in a lot of people that is about nostalgia, right? Mm. It's about safety, like finding power and strength in these heroes that yeah. are, you know, showing up in ways that sometimes they wish that they could show up in their lives or they're like, they become sim symbolic for, for their due north, the ways they want to live their lives, you know? you can kind of live vicariously through the heroes and you can hate the villains purely and not feel like you're a bad person because you hate, mm. you know? I mean? Yeah. Mm. A, a lot of stuff that comes, gets played back where I'm like, Oh, I never thought about it in that way, you know, because I was never really a comic book head. I didn't. I was going to ask you weren't, yeah. you, you didn't have anything. No, I wasn't a comic book head as a kid. I got to comics late, you know, in college I started reading X-Men and I started reading the mutants and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, college but uh, you know it, it it matters to people they're they, they take it very seriously and i've you know learned to be much more respectful of that um you know i, I remember walk, be, being with my mom god rest her soul and somebody came up and complimented me on some movie that i was like that shit was terrible <laughs> i was like why, 
I didn't like, and my face kind of revealed it. And I was kind of like, uh, okay, you know what? Thanks, whatever. And they walked off. And my mom was like, what is wrong with you? Uh-huh. And I was like, I just, that movie's not good. She goes, you just told that person that they, their opinion was shit. You uh-huh. just told what they were talking about. It's like, did you make that for you? I was like, no. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> moms, let them have that. Just say thank yeah. you. And- yeah. Yeah. That's wow. cool. Yeah. That's a really, no, that's a valuable thing. That's definitely true. I just think it's interesting because I think <clears throat> for a while with that's with those things, I, I, and what you're saying is, I, I remember I did this one thing. It was not even very much in, in one of these things I did. And they gave me research on the character that was voluminous, <laughs> granular. I was like, holy fuck. And part of this was just off of Wikipedia. And I was like, there's more on Wikipedia about the rhino than there is about fucking Shakespeare, practically. I was yeah. like, this is incredible. And it yeah. made me realize that. But the really, the thing that I think I have been amazed by is I'm like, and the star, you know, like my kids, I don't know, your kids are older now, right? How old are your kids? My adult trainer, 28 and 26. Well, my kid's 22 now. And it's like, but the fact that he was absorbing Star Wars and carrying it on and the universe was expanding, like it was like different biblical narratives or something. It's like, holy shit, this is like expanding. It was kind of amazing. And I look at this stuff now and and I think for a while I was like, when is this, when are these fucking Marvel things going (laughs) to end? And when's this stuff going to get back to real cinema and all this stuff? And I was like, in fact, I think we're actually seeing a a whole genre that is now exists that I don't think is ever going to go away. It's like, it's like science fiction, horror. It's like, now it's a genuine genre. That's like, and that's kind of amazing actually. And I think it's good too, because in order for it to continue to exist and not be something that people are like been there, done that. I think it's good that there's, you know, kind of pushback from (laughs) audiences that are Marvel fans to continue to, you know, make to improve it and make it right smart, better and more interesting and not just lean into green screen and shit exploding and people flying. Like, yeah, yeah. It's almost like the pressure to keep producing this stuff actually requires you to start doing more interesting stuff with it. Yeah. 100%, and really get into story and really get into character. The things that it's what it's been from time immemorial. It's like why yeah. we get around a fire and tell stories. It's like, it has to feel like that. If it's not a storytelling thing, if it's not, that I'm plugged into this person's, I'm, you know, invested in this character's journey and whether they succeed or fail, whether or not they can catch a building and throw it across the, I don't care if that, if that, you know, it, that needs to have something to do with who they are and that I'm invested in their journey or else I don't, I don't really care. So I, yeah, if it's going to be here, it's not going anywhere. And I think the pressure on it to do it better is, is good. It's not going anywhere, which is really kind of, I mean, I think it was, at first I was like, uh, now I'm like, wow, that's really kind of fucking cool. There was probably like when, when Shakespeare came out, there were probably got judgy people like, well, this is a little on the nose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, totally. I think that absolutely it's the same thing. And you're in, but it's just cool to be like, wow, you're kind of present at like a whole form of storytelling that like, it's really wild. It's like, that's really fucking cool. Yeah. It's the same way I have this real regret, and I'm serious about this when I say this, that it kind of breaks my heart that soap operas are gone. Because I'm like, it's like, a, I'm, it's, I'm serious. I love soap operas. Are huh? they gone? 
Well, in a sense they are. They don't, there's like two of them exist still. I think it's like General Hospital and like the Young and the Restless and like they're all gone. And it's like this form of storytelling's gone. And it's kind of weird to me. It's like, that's kind of sad to me. It's like, it was this satisfying daily thing that you followed it every day and you absorbed it every day and it was really important and it was incredibly great and compelling and ridiculous. I don't know about great. (laughs) No, I think they were fucking great, man. I love shit like that. And it's like, it kind of makes me sad that it's gone actually. And I guess reality shit, uh, Again, I shouldn't call it shit. And that's, uh, some of it's really interesting. The reality stuff kind of replaced it, right? I mean, that's like the new soap opera. And that definitely ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. That's a no, for sure. It kind of grew out of stuff like, you know, the game shows, right? It grew out of like, what's my line? And to tell the <laughs> yeah. truth, you know, all of these things were like, these are real people and ordinary people. And yes. People. I hadn't yeah. even, even thought of that, the connection with game shows, really. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, there's people that well and, and influencers. A lot of people, a lot more people will know Jake Paul in a room than would know me. <laughs> no, I had a I had a really embarrassing thing in an airport happen to me once. I was walking through the airport and this little gang of kids came running and I was like, Oh, look at this. They're they're freaking out. Oh my god, oh my god, coming running with their phones and shit. And it was the dude next to me who was walking <laughs> next to me, who was some YouTube guy. And they were going batshit. And I was all like, hey kids, take it here. Boom. They blew right past me. And they're fucking clamoring around this guy. And it was like, but I mean, this guy, I don't know who the fuck he was, but it was like Amazing. Hey, man, can you take a picture of us? <laughs> Basically, yes, I think they did. And I was like, yeah, sure, you know, oh, make it shit. horizontal. I'm like, couple more. Now with my phone. Yeah. You think we're all gonna get you think we're gonna get CGI'd and stuff? Is it gonna are we gonna get replaced at some point soon, do you think? I mean, they're already putting out breakdowns for actors to come in and get scanned and allow themselves ditched into stuff. That's in breakdowns. How do you mean? You mean like like the breakdowns that are like black male that are like, we need a white guy this age to come in and let us scan him. And you get 75 cents on the dollar or whatever on the dollar. And they're going to stitch you in the background. Holy shit. Oh, this is for this is for crowds and shit like that. Dude, I didn't even know that. I had no idea that was happening. I think I saw a breakdown that said that. Makes sense. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you do it? We know that you can do it. I've, we've directed movies. I've been in shit where you plate the background and move people. Yeah. You know, like yeah. We're already there in some ways. And being in a Marvel thing, you know, we, we're on that lazy Susan and they take a zillion pictures of yeah. you. They wanted to just never have me be in anything again and just use my likeness. Yeah. They, and they may be able to, I guess, you know, not even I guess, that's what this fight is about, right? Mm. We that allowed and is that something that ultimately we want to sign off on mm. and i think we're going to see potentially in the next few years i could be wrong but it seems like we're tracking toward if you're an actor who on whatever level you are somebody's going to be able to come to you with a number mm-hmm. and say like mm. paul if you x this yeah and use your likeness in perpetuity we won't yeah. put you you won't be a Nazi in something. You won't beat up gay people. I bet yeah. I will be a Nazi. I bet I probably will be a Nazi. Well, hey, man, you'll check, you'll, you'll check your own experience. Yeah, it'll be Clause 13 or whatever. But, and so conceivably, 500 years from now, I could still be appearing in things. I mean, you're I going know. to be appearing in things. <clears throat> I they suppose will just, so. You will just be giving someone the ability 
to yeah. way more malleable with you. Yeah. I wonder if you can- It's uh, kind of fascinating idea in a way. Can you I copyright mean, your likeness and your voice? Are people trying to do that, I wonder? I bet. I think that's what the argument is, because we already have signed away our likeness and voice in things that we're yeah. in. Basically, we have. Yeah, you can't make a, a bunch of T-shirts based on the, uh, off the rhino and sell them. Marvel, Disney will come sue you. So you've already signed that away. Yeah. yeah. You haven't signed away Paul Giamatti in any iteration. So, but but there's that's what it's trending toward. And you see some of this beta stuff, some of this stuff they can already do with just consumer tools. Mm. And it, oh yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. No, it's crazy. And I, I was saying to Steve the other day, like the fact that I look at an image now and the first thing I think is, is it real? It's such a weird place to be in. <clears throat> it's a really weird place. And I keep hoping on the other side of this is something interesting and, and fun and useful and, and positive. I think it'll be both, right? I think it'll be, there'll be great, useful, positive stuff out of it. And there will be some just heinous, straight up, scary you know, when they interview the, the, the machine and it says, well, what do you, I've, I've, I know you saw that chat GPT conversation where mm. it fell in the person interviewing it and everything. Mm. They ask, you know, what would you do that was bad? What could you, if you were evil, what would you do? And it's like, I'm not allowed to do anything bad. And I, you're trying to push me into it. And it said, no, no, hypothetically, if you were bad. What <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really kind of loved in that too, that eventually the thing was like, I love you, Steve, or whatever. They kept saying, I love you. And, but I actually felt like part of me felt like, see, this thing seems sentient because he kept pushing it to yeah. violate its boundaries. No, and I so don't think it's it, sentient. But then it started going, I love you. And he was like, okay, stop telling me you love me. And he was like, no, but I love you. And it was oh, like, shit. your wife doesn't love you as much as I love you, Steve. Yeah. And it was, and I was like, this thing knows what it's doing. This thing's going, you violate, you made me violate my boundaries. You made me uncomfortable. I'm going to make you uncomfortable. That's what it felt like to me. It's just some programmer. You're like, what? Pro who is this? <laughs> Program personality into it. This is a hurt person. This is some very hurt person that made <laughs> a very hurt person. It was really fucking funny. I was like, "Holy cow! Oh God! Wow, well, man!" We, John, we Don Cheeto, we've had you yeah, here forever. It's so Jesus much fun. Christ! Got to have you come back. I'll send the. Uh, you guys will get the the, the bill. It's, it's, <laughs> okay, great, terrific. You too hard, but you're gonna you're coming off. <laughs> Fantastic! This was amazing, man. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank for, you for, so for much for doing this. Really, it really fun. was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. It's a lot of fun. Let's do it again. Great to cool. finally meet you, man. Yeah. All right, Cheers. Okay, well. man. All right. Chinwag is a production of Tree Fort Media and Touchy Feely Films, hosted and executive produced by Paul Giamatti and Stephen Asma. Executive producers for Tree Fort are Kelly Garner and Lisa Ammerman. Dan Carey is executive producer for Touchy Feely. Our series producer is Rachel Whitley Bernstein. Our associate producer is Andrew Miller. Original theme music by Luke Topp with additional music by Via Mardot. Oscar Guido is our executive in charge of production. Tom Monahan is head of audio for Tree Fort. Animation created by Alex Sokol. Audio production, supervision, and editing by Maxwell Carney. Additional audio assistance and mixing by Jeff Neal, with additional production management from Renee Levesque. Clara Wong is Celestial Empress of Benevolent Knowledge. Lastly, for more information, go to chinwagpod.fm and find us on Instagram or TikTok 
at chinwagpod or on Twitter at chinwag underscore pod. 